Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Canada and its plasma supply, and how best to increase our domestic supply of blood plasma. Now, this is separate from blood donation. Plasma is used to make some uh, life-saving products. So if, if we don't have enough, we've got a big problem on our hands. As it stands now, Canadian Blood Services collects only about 15% of Canada's plasma supply. The rest comes from the United States. And in the United States, it is allowed, it is commonplace that plasma donors be compensated. Now, there are a lot of, uh, I suppose, ethical issues that arise when it comes to the idea of compensating plasma donors. But let's be realistic about this status quo in Canada. We are obtaining most of our plasma from individuals who have been compensated for that donation. But the idea that we might be moving in that direction has prompted a lot of outrage. Now, Canadian Blood Services has completed an agreement with a private company to collect blood plasma from donors in Canada. And yes, the head of the agency says it will open the door to paid plasma collection in this country. But the goal here is to increase our domestic supply. Joining us to talk about why it's so important that we increase our domestic uh, supply. I'm very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon. Uh, Angela Deanna joins us, Executive Director with Alpha One Canada. Angela, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me today and bringing attention to this very important issue. Right, it is. And I think Canadians are maybe more familiar with the blood donation side, and, and that is and will remain voluntary. But of course, when it comes to, to plasma, we import so much from the United States, probably much more than Canadians realize. Let's talk about what's what's done with that plasma and the important pharmaceutical products, life-saving uh, therapeutics that, that are derived from that. Sure. And, and thank you for noting off the top that the actual collection of plasma is entirely unlike that of whole blood collection. I don't think um, a lot of Canadians, and, and I know in working with patients and their families, that even they don't realize the difference. So maybe we can talk a little first about um, a plasma collection <laughs> right now, as it stands, can take one or two hours at a Canadian Blood Services donor clinic um, and that plasma is then collected and shipped out of Canada to be manufactured into life-saving therapies for diseases like alpha-1, but also um, other diseases your listeners might be more familiar with, like hemophilia, primary immune deficiencies, and sickle cell disease. Um, these patients rely on these therapies to live. Right. So what is the vulnerability then when it comes to Canada having such a, a heavy reliance on the United States? Obviously, you know, the, the importation of that product is enough to meet the needs, but you know, we're obviously subject to, to what's going on, you know, in other countries then. Absolutely. And that has been the issue uh, for many years and why the network of rare blood disorder organizations, NRBDO, which Alpha One Canada is a part of, has been encouraging the leadership of Canadian Blood Services to form a public-private partnership for the collection of plasma for many, many years. Um, we lack, well, you had mentioned it off the top, 15% is nowhere near self-sufficiency. And right. we know that countries 
that produce enough plasma to be considered self-sufficient are those countries that financially compensate donors. So you mentioned the United States, also Germany, uh, Austria, mm -hmm. Czech Republic. Um, they all compensate donors, and they're able to meet patient need. We are not in a position to do that here today in Canada. Do you find it hypocritical then for those who are opposed to the steps the Canadian Blood Services is now taking to to be comfortable with the status quo? I mean, why why is it okay for private companies right. in the U.S. to do this or for American donors to be compensated? Sure. But it's some some kind of line in the sand when it comes to that happening here. Well, I think what's being missed here, Rob, is is we have been purchasing our medications here in Canada from the U.S from compensated donors. We are already doing that. We have yeah. been purchasing Finnish medications here in Canada for over two decades. So nothing has actually changed there. What this announcement this week um, does is it ensures plasma donated in Canada is used to make medications in Canada exclusively for patients in Canada. And those controls prevent domestically collected plasma from being sold and shipped offshore. So this is a win-win for, for Canada. Um, I, I want to highlight that in, in 2008, when Czech Republic did this, um, they legalized uh, compensated donations. And in less than three years, their donations increased 700%. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so you can um, imagine how excited patients, Canadians are um, this week, knowing that our country is now committed to moving in a direction to become self-sufficient. Well, and, and there's some pretty optimistic forecasts for where we're going to be in a few years under this arrangement. As mentioned, we're, we're at 15 percent in terms of, uh, you know, our domestic supply. But, you know, realistically, could we get maybe even to, to 50 percent? That is the ultimate goal. Um, you still, if, when it comes to plasma-derived uh, therapies, they still want to diversify and diversify risk, right? I, you know, I, I think right. we all know of examples during the pandemic where there were supply chain interruptions and shortages. So we always want to make sure we have relationships where if there was a shortage or disruption um, with any of the manufacturers, that therapies could then be um purchased from other companies in other countries so we can meet the needs here. But 50% is the ultimate goal. Ideally, it could be a little higher, but really 50% is fantastic considering we are only at 15 right now. As we've noted, you know, Canadian Blood Services is taking some criticism for this move and, and those who, who are opposed to, to these steps, those who, who worry that somehow this could affect, uh, you know, the, the collection of blood from voluntary donors in Canada. I mean, what, what do you say to those criticisms? Well, th there's no evidence of that happening in any of the jurisdictions where they move to um, a compensated model. So that actually has, there's no evidence at all. It did not affect whole blood uh, donation. And, and circling back to what we um, started off chatting about around whole blood collection, um, that's 10, 15 minutes. And a lot of people can do that. Um, we all know we've seen the blood drives at universities and the mobile right. clinics. You can't do that with plasma. Uh, it's a much more complicated uh, donation. 
It requires a special machine, a plasmapheresis machine, which has to be done in a clinic. And like I said, it can take one to two hours. So we do not foresee whole blood collection um, being an issue. There is still an issue now. We're always looking for whole blood collection. But we don't Mm -hmm. see it being affected in a negative way by rolling out a compensated uh, plasma donation centers across Canada. Right. And, and look, and, and Canadian Blood Services is well aware, uh, you know, Dr. Sharon in particular, uh, they're, they're head of some of the uh, politics, the emotion around this. But, you know, the fact that Canadian Blood Services is trying to be pragmatic, that they've got a goal and it's it's an important goal, I think, is as most people would concede to increase domestic supply. What does that say about uh, the leadership of Canadian Blood Services? What, what have you made of how they've handled this whole situation? Well, to be completely transparent, in recent years, there have been multiple stakeholder consultations with patient groups and mm-hmm. with uh, province, provincial and territorial governments and with the groups that were opposed to this, so the Canadian Health Coalition and Blood Watch. We have all been included in a dialogue in recent years, knowing that status quo was not going to meet the need. We know what works, so how can we do that here in Canada? And kudos to the leadership at Canadian Blood Services because they've managed to create a partnership that is very specific to meeting Canadian needs and keeping that plasma in Canada to make medications for Canadians. So it's, it's a really, it's, we've been waiting for this for years. We tend to get a little emotional about it because these are patients who rely on these therapies to live. I don't think you know, unless you know someone with a rare blood disorder, um, for hemophilia patients, it's 900 plasma donations to treat one patient for one year. Wow. Um, I mean, it's similar to with, with Alpha-1. So how else are we going to increase our donations? So we commend Canadian Blood Services um, for moving forward with this partnership. Um, and we're very excited that in the coming years we'll be moving from that 15% to ideally, like you said, that 15% target. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 